1: Think on your feet for our fast and curious 5K, a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Hi, I'm Jason Mark Markin today for Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. General Motors made huge news at the end of January when they announced that by 2035, it would only sell zero-emissions vehicles. Let me rephrase that because it's just almost incomprehensible. Fifteen years from now, for GM, the internal combustion engine will be a thing of the past. And GM put an exclamation point on that announcement in a Super Bowl commercial starring Will Ferrell and Keenan Thompson. Did you know that Norway sells way more electric cars per capita than the U.S.? Norway. <laughs> With GM's new Ultium battery, we're going to crush those losers. Crush them! Let's go, America. It may be a game changer, but it's not a new idea. There's Tesla, of course, and Volvo announced in 2017 that it would no longer make combustible fuel cars by 2025. Volkswagen soon followed suit, and last week, electric vehicle maker Rivian announced plans to open a showroom in Chicago's Fulton Market District. Karen Weigert is executive vice president at Slipstream, a clean energy innovation nonprofit. She also served as chief sustainability officer for the city of Chicago. She told Sasha that when she heard the news about GM, she was stunned.
2: I have to admit, I did not expect this from GM. This is the company that gives us Buick and Chevrolet and Corvette. I was not thinking this is the place that we would see this firm stamp on all-electric. Not only that, GM has not been a big leader in EVs. Even their CEO met with the Trump administration very early to work on lessening requirements for fuel efficiency. So this has not been a place that I would have looked immediately for leadership. In fact, if you go back a few years, GM was actually the target of a documentary that was actually called, Who Killed the Electric Car?
0: Oh, let's hear some from it. In
2: 1996, electric cars began to appear on roads all over California. They were quiet and fast, produced no exhaust, and ran without gasoline. Ten years later, these futuristic cars were almost entirely gone. What happened? Who killed the electric car? Lack of corporate wisdom. Uh, in my opinion, it's it's big oil. The murder was
0: committed by the General Motors. No. I think it will go down as one of the biggest blunders in the history of the automotive industry. Well, times have certainly changed Karen, now you have brought along someone who can give us context to this moment. Uh, With us now is Professor Elizabeth Koch. She's Director of Partnerships and Strategy for the University of Illinois-Chicago's Energy Initiative. Hi, Elizabeth. Welcome to Reset.
3: Hi, Sasha-Ann. Thanks so much.
0: Tell us your thoughts on the GM announcement.
3: Sure. So when thinking about accelerating electric vehicle adoption, the U.S. certainly has a long way to go. And so when we think about GM, you know, the, the question of why and, and how, so why are they doing this right now? And in, in supporting the EV adoption with this new Everybody in EV campaign, they're, they're trying to build a GM EV community, and that's going to take some time. But they are starting with the right community, right? So it's the fleet market, It's a much easier sell for EVs, mainly because of the bottom line. Mm -hmm. So fleet managers are not focused on developing community. It's pretty straightforward. Everyone knows that EV costs less to maintain than gasoline counterparts, even though upfront costs are still high, mainly due to the battery. But of course, those prices have been and continue to fall rapidly. It really is about a true cost of ownership that makes EVs ideal for fleets. And of course, there's always the added bonus of communities that benefit from these EV fleets, right? There's less emissions, less noise, greater public health benefit. And so EV fleets kind of become like this good neighbor, good citizen um, component. And when we think about why is GM doing this and why now? Well, President Biden wants to make the government fleets into EV fleets, right? And what's the result of really large EV market in the U.S. and so we know that GM is a major vehicle supplier for DoD, who's been exploring EVs and fuel cell vehicles for a long time and for a number of reasons, right? So they want to be carbon neutral, but also helps them, you know, with less noise when we're thinking about Department of Defense, but also address the supply chain issues when it comes to to gasoline. So fleet management firms are really signing on by the thousands right now to get EV trucks because it's going to help them move into the the electrification initiatives that they're building with their clients within the next 10 years. And they know that clients will benefit from it.
0: You produced a report, uh, Elizabeth, on, on what it would take to create the infrastructure necessary to support the glut of electric vehicles coming in in the next quarter century. Can you talk a bit more about that?
3: Absolutely, yes. That report just came out. It was uh, an effort across uh, six months with almost 500 stakeholders, right? So Illinois' transportation sector is responsible for approximately one-third of all carbon emissions. And so when we think about any kind of state-level climate action plan, transportation electrification should certainly be part of that strategy. And at the state level, we're seeing some initiatives already happening. So the governor, Pritzker's eight principles, there's local and state planning committees that are involved, Chicago area clean cities. And we have some funds laying around for EV adoption growth. And so um, and of course, at the national level, we've already mentioned a couple of things that um, is happening, but um, the report. Itself looked at four different use cases residential and multi unit dwellings with and without dedicated parking, workplace, community, and destination charging, public DC fast charging for specific use cases, and medium and heavy duty vehicle charging. And those are all, you know, we looked at the facts, the obstacles, and opportunities. We looked at those, we identified them, and we presented them in this um, report. So the conclusions of the workshop really garnered around how do we get more cars on the road and use policies such as zero emissions vehicles, use more rebates, tax credits, incentives for fleets, and of course, also addressing high demand charges for certain use cases with rate reform and utilizing the money that's already there. It's sitting there for transportation electrification in the state. Yeah. So there's a lot going on in that report. There are key points for all that cost of EV infrastructure is the most significant barrier. And the best way to address it is through planning, collaboration, flexibility, funding, and education overall. Now,
0: I want to hear from you both on this. Karen, I'll, I'll start with you. Tell us how Illinois is doing when it comes to electric vehicles.
2: Illinois has not yet established itself as a leader. So it's great to hear the work of Elizabeth and her colleagues because there's an opportunity here. And if you think about where states are going and how to really – both position for these vehicles, but also really to be more inclusive and in who can benefit to ensure that all residents have access to healthy, cleaner transportation. Illinois is not yet there. There's actually a recent report that E did where they rated all the states, and Illinois came in 23rd. So there's a bit of a foundation there, and it's actually important to look at those steps and those barriers that are being identified to think about how can Illinois move forward. So first on the nation right now is California. It also happens to be the world's fifth largest economy. So that's actually a bar to look at in terms of both policy with their goals, but also thinking about funding and other avenues that will allow all different parts of their population to participate. So Illinois has a little bit of work to do here, and it's important to start to say what those foundations can be as the state moves forward.
3: Your thoughts, Elizabeth? Absolutely. Karen is 100% right. California is the one to look at. And we certainly looked at them multiple times across our our stakeholder engagement process. And we want to learn from them, right? They have best practices. We want to learn what they've done and, you know, not make mistakes. And so Illinois is is poised. They're ready, right? The legislation is still on hold here. Mm -hmm. The Midwest overall has been struggling in this area. But supporting and incentivizing EVs is certainly going to help Uh, remove that large number of carbon emitting vehicles from Illinois roads and just have an overall benefit for society.
0: Well, Elizabeth, as we mentioned at the top, the electric car maker Rivian plans to open a showroom in Chicago's Fulton Market District. What are your thoughts on this and the future of other EV markets like Tesla gaining a foothold in Chicago and the Midwest?
3: I sure hope they do. (laughs) Um, The transition to EVs necessitates an all-hands-on-deck approach. The more, the better. They need to be seen, heard, experienced in daily life, whether through actual driving, delivering, so watching the delivery of of, uh, delivering trucks and commuting, right, so commuting in them, or through mass media markets, social media, movies, much more. They need to become part of our everyday life so that we don't think of it as something that's not accessible. What
0: support might we see from the Biden administration? I know you mentioned them earlier, Elizabeth, but what else do you think they'll, they'll do?
3: So there's there's a lot that um, President Biden is calling for. He's calling for these huge changes that's going to bolster the U.S. auto industry and hopefully steer this new EV era to transform transportation. And so obviously, you know, the basics of tax credits and rebates to help support EV adoption, building a national network of EV charging infrastructure to help support the EV drivers. R&D investments are critical, right? So when we look at batteries and other technologies that support electric vehicles, you want to make sure that the materials are the best materials out there. We're addressing range issues, right? So yeah. making sure that those EVs can, can drive longer and the cost, bringing down the cost so it becomes more accessible to, to every American in the country. And of course, supporting manufacturing in this country, without a doubt, is something that's on the on the agenda. Yeah. and. Of course, we both Karen and I talk about the California framework. Let's let's learn from them and use it to build out a whole national framework on fuel economy standards and even zero emissions vehicle standards. And of course, looking at the future, I think that's really important to think about. How do you look at our roads? How do we look at our streets yeah. and how can they best benefit an EV ecosystem moving forward?
0: That's Professor Elizabeth Coach, Director of Partnerships and Strategy for the UIC's Energy Initiative. Also with us was Karen Weigert, Executive Vice President at Slipstream. Karen and Elizabeth, thanks for being with us.
3: Thanks so much. Thank, thanks so much.
1: And that's today's Reset. For more great conversations around the environment and innovation, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. And for complete coverage of former President Trump's second impeachment trial, turn to WBEZ at 91.5 FM or stream it on any device using the free WBEZ app or by going to wbez.org. I'm Jason Mark. For Sasha Ann Simons and the rest of the Reset crew, thanks for listening and we'll see you back here tomorrow.